Thanks for tuning in to JR's Hunt for Life Suicide Prevention Podcast, Safe Talk, with Jenny Hunter and Billy Floyd, where there are no judgments and talk saves lives. So hello, everyone. This is Jenny Hunter from JR's Hunt for Life with another Safe Talk installment. We love our podcast. We love being able to talk about Safe Talk. We're all about preventing suicide and talking about all suicide ideations and helping others to be safe and to let them know there are no judgments. We are we are stigma-free. We talk about it. We're vulnerable. And before we begin with this program, I want to give all of my contact information because I encourage, and we both encourage, Billy and I, uh, which, by the way, Billy is not with us today, but we both encourage people to contact us through our contacts. So mine are JR's Hunt for Life on most social platforms. My email, my personal email is jlh35 at hotmail.com. You can email me anytime. I'm always here to help. And of course, I do sleep sometimes. So, so if I don't get back to you immediately, and if this is a life uh, and death matter, I need you to call 911 or your emergency number if I don't get back to you immediately, if that's the case. So um, today, I, I it's just an honor to be joined by a brand new friend that I have. And this new friend that I have wants to do some safe talk with you. He wants to talk about his story. He wants to be vulnerable. He wants to let others know that he is a safe person. And we talk about being a safe person all of the time on this program. What is a safe person? Well, a safe person is someone that is not judgmental, does not throw stigmas out to you, has probably lived some of the things that you're living that you need to talk about, and they're willing to be vulnerable, they're willing to validate you with their own stories. And this person's name is King Handsome Woe Life. Now, it's so good to have you here. How are you today, hey. King Handsome? Oh, man, I'm so grateful to be here with you, Jenny. So grateful. Well, we are so glad that you're here because, you know, we need to add to our safe people population. And I know that's what your big desire is, to help people, to tell your story, to let them know that you are real, that you are willing to be downright uh, real. <laughs> that's the only word I can downright real with people and so before we get going i want to give a trigger warning uh regarding this program there may be things uh talked about that may trigger you so just be aware of that and if you do feel a trigger coming on uh, you can always not listen to it you can come back to it anytime we're on almost all of the podcast platforms and i want you to know that on spotify you can reach out to us you can make comments we'll we will get back to you and you know before we go on let me get your contact information king handsome can you give that out to the people listening 
Yeah, so if you want to ever reach out to me, you can hit me up on an email, handsome624, which is H-A-N-624 at Gmail. And my uh, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok is all King Handsome, K-I-N-G-H-A-N-S-O-M, Woe Life. Okay, so now that you've I'll said that. Find me, guys. Find me. Yeah, tell me what Woe Life means. Why? Why? Why did you choose that name? And and give us a bit about what you do. I know you're a musician, you're creative, you're an artist. So tell us what you do. So so uh, I would say the main the like my my first job is is a person of the people. Then second, I'm a super duper producer, and I probably did a lot of engineer work for. A lot of artists, people don't even know I probably worked with because I've been in the background pressing the buttons. But for me, I'm a people of the, I'm a person of the people, and I express myself through sounds. So I make my own music also. Okay, does that make and sense? what? Yeah, it <laughs> does make sense. What type of music do you do? I mean, blues, rap. What What is it that you do? That That's your specialty. I would, I would say I do. I do feeling music. So a lot of, like, uh, one of my artists that I was working with recently told me, hey, I did this song, and I want you to check it out because I think I use your style is what, he, is what the artist told me. So I listened to the song, and I'm like, I'm like, huh, that's the, so that's my style? I didn't know I had one. I don't, I don't even, but, it, but I do see the similarities in a few songs that I probably did that could sound like that. But I don't really have a genre because music is what feelings sound like. So when I feel something, I will deliver it on a certain beat. It could be up-tempo, low-tempo. I don't really know. If I feel it, I just give it what I feel. So I, I never try to put myself in a category of a genre. Sometimes we make blues. Sometimes we make rock and roll. Sometimes we rap. Uh, I just dropped balloons. That's more R&B. That came out June 2nd. Um, I don't know. Even when I do shows, I like to stop my music and talk to my people. Because the music is what gets them there, and then when I could stop it and talk to them is how they get to know the real me. So, like I said, my first thing that I do is I'm a person of the people. Right, and that that is so original, and it's so comforting to know that, you know, you. you, I'm in Wyoming, and you are in Rhode Island, so we are Yo, yeah, yes, yes, I'm in Rhode Island. Shout out to all the artists working hard in Rhode Island. Even if you guys don't see me, I see you and I show that support. I love you guys. Everyone keep going. Whoa. Yeah. And you know, we're 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 people. We're all people no matter where we're from. And we can talk together no matter where we're from. We have commonalities and we have lives that intertwine and we all um, have life experiences and some of us want to talk about them, some of us don't. Some of us being a musician and an artist, uh, I'm sure that you know that your life experiences cause you to create what you create. And that's why you can reach people by creating through your life experiences and touch them because they can uh, relate to that. And so let's talk about, can you, 
let, let's get to your story. Let's get to why we're talking. I know you want to tell your story. I know you want people to know that you're vulnerable, that you're real, that you want to validate them through your story. So why don't you start and just just tell us your story. So where where do I start? <laughs> <laughs> Wherever I guess the you best want. Is to start at the beginning, right? Right. So so I remember living in Providence. I lived in Providence, Rhode Island. And and I grew up my mom on drugs. I never met my dad at this time, uh, but my mom had a lot of boyfriends, so I always had a, a male figure around, but they was just, you know, they was having sex with my mom. So I was just one of her kids that they had to be nice to if they wanted to have sex with my mom. So I come from that. And then in 1999, my mom moved to Newport to try to give us a better life because I got evicted. I got, I was about to say evicted. I got expelled from every school I was in in Providence. Every, every time I got suspended, I, when I go back to school, another fight. I come back, uh, somebody can say something crazy, another fight. Um, so they kicked me out of that school, put me in. I went from Flynn to Mary Fogarty. From Mary Fogarty, I got kicked out of that school. Then they put me in a behavior school. Then my mom said, hey, you got kicked out of all the schools in Providence. So we got to. We got to get out of here and try to find you another school to, to to go to. So shout out to my mom because she wanted me to, go, to to stay in school. So we moved to Newport, 1999, December, and my birthday is in January. So when we moved really? to Newport, 19, yeah, January 9th is my birthday. Oh, my birthday is in January, too. So we have that in common also. <laughs> hey, are you a Capricorn? Yeah. Sorry are you a Capricorn? Uh, actually, I'm Aquarius. Yeah. Oh, uh, so 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 you're right after. I am right, right after. Right yep, after I'm after my side. Yep, yep, I am. And so before we go on anymore, I know we're going to be right, right back. But Keen Hansom, we have to give a silent moment for our sponsors. So we're going to be quiet for just a few seconds to get a word from our sponsors, and we will be right back with his story. That works. That works. So here we are back with King Handsome, and we're listening to his story. He's just begun. So let's continue on. What happened next? Did you ever get in any schools? Oh, man, I actually did great in school. (laughs) (laughs) I actually did great in school. And uh, so when my mom moved to Newport, I went to uh, Thompson. No, I went to St. Augustine. No, I went to Coxell, third grade. Wow, that's crazy. I was getting kicked out of all schools, and I wasn't even fifth grade yet. <laughs> that's crazy. Well, yeah, so I went to Coxell. Then I went to uh, Thompson Middle School in Newport, Rhode Island. Then from Thompson Middle School, I got, you know, I have a pattern. So I got kicked out of that school also because of my behavior issues, and they had me in a small classroom. So, so every time I'd be walking through the hallways, there will be kids that be laughing at me because they think I'm retarded because I'm in a small classroom because I might snap and punch one of them kids in the face because of my behavior issues. 
But I seen these things growing up as a kid in my house where I see my mom get beat and I had to run to the to the uh to the corner store to call the cops to to because my mom said, hey. You call the cops, but we don't have a house phone. My mom does drugs. I don't know what's going on, but this guy's beating the heck out of my mom, and I gotta save her. So I run to the store. I think I'm, I think I'm ten years old, and I had to call the police to come save my mom. I seen these things, but then a couple of days later, my mom right back with this man because of her habit. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. so I take this energy and violence out at kids near me that might not understand me or looking at me too long or saying something funny because my clothes are dirty. And I'm like, yo, like, like what? Like, I came to school to just eat today. Like, and you're worrying about my clothes? Like, I wouldn't eat if I stayed home. Maybe some noodles or something, but, like, like I'm here for something else and you're worrying about my clothes. I remember the first day I went to school, when it, when it started, I got into a fight and got expelled the same day that school started. And I came to school with dirty clothes on. Yes, I don't, I'm a kid. I don't have money. I don't know nothing. I'm trying to figure it out. I'm I'm like 11, 12 years old. You know, I don't know. So, therefore, from there, I started selling crack. So, I'm like, yo, we got to get these sneakers. We got to get clothes. I even sold drugs to my mom because I know she's going to give this money to someone else. So, I was just getting it to keep it in the house. So, I wasn't even really doing good with the drug dealing because I got to spend the money back on where I'm taking it from. So, I just try to keep at least $100 to re-up to get another eight ball. That's where I really come from. You know what I'm saying? Oh, man. What? As a yeah. child. What? Yeah, and, what? Then, and then I get I get jammed up when I was 14. They raid my mom's house for a delivery that I caught back in December of the year before, and I'm 14, so this got to be 2002 or three. Yeah, yeah, three, because they raided my mom's house March 14, 2004, for a delivery that I caught walking up to one of my cousins' house, and I seen this guy at the corner store, and I had some crack on me. So he's like, yo, yo, yo. And I'm like, what's up, man? What you need? What you need? He said, yo, I got 100. So I served him, walk up the street, give my uh, give my cousin 50 bucks, and then a couple months later, they raid my mom's house, and I go to training school for a crack charge. But I was only selling drugs to not get laughed at at school, to not be dirty, to have some new shoes to, you know what I'm saying? So and that, yeah, so from training school, I was in and out of there for a long time. You know what I'm saying? Just trying to figure it out. Yeah, so so from there, as you became an adult, what uh, what circumstances happened? And I know you've given me a part of your story uh, as an adult, so so fast forwarding to as as you became an adult uh what 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 happened in your life well we can't even jump right to the adult yet because when i was in training school i i i I was always good with with uh school stuff so when i was in training school i ended up graduating valedictorian of my class because i'm very smart yeah, I'm very, very smart. So that's why when these kids are laughing at me because I'm in a behavioral class, I'm like, like yo, you don't even know. I'll, I'll, I'll decipher your whole life. I know these things. Like I'm, I'm, I'm smart. So that was never the issue about it. Like that, I just didn't have financials, so I had to do things to get them. And from seeing my mom get beat and crazy things going on in my household as a child, I put everything into violence. And my first thought is violence to protect myself. 
Mm-hmm. But okay. I did graduate valedictorian in my class in 07. Wow. Well, yeah. you should be congratulated on that because you you've already you've already grown into an adult as a child. You've had an adult's life. Yeah, I had to. Yeah, I literally yeah. had to. Yes. Um, and so when did you did you continue on with the drugs or what what happened with that? Yeah, I continued on selling drugs. Um when I got out of the training school I still continued to sell the drugs and uh then I got into some more situations and uh I never used drugs, I was always just a dealer. And then like around the age twenty three, I just something just clicked in my head where I said, Yo, I can't I can't sell crack no more, man, because it's just not like every time I sell crack, jail is in my future. Like I just gotta stay away from selling crack. So I just mm-hmm. took myself away from it like that. And 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 like I said, when I was selling drugs, I would sell to my mom. I'll give her the best deal under the sun, you know, because that's what I was taught, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I seen it. So it's like, you know, even to to me hitting women and all of that, I seen these things in my household and seen my mom forgive these men. So I don't think it's wrong because this is what I seen as a child. But now, me being 30-year-old man, I understand, hey, you can't do that. And now I think before, like I told you, this this interview saved me today just with what I was dealing with in my real life. But it's my real life, so I just got to roll with the punches and, 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 and understand that it's not always going to go my way. But, you know, through my feelings, my actions be be very, very cruel. So I just be trying to think first now. You know what I'm saying? All right. So, so uh, I know we had talked before, and you had told me that you, at one point in your life, were suicidal. Can you tell us yes. about that? Yes. Yeah, so, so back in 2013, right, and uh, this goes all the way back since training school. So, when I was in training school for the first time, being taken away from all my brothers and sisters. And my mom has seven kids. I'm the I'm the six I'm the second kid out of seven kids. So I'm the oldest brother and I have an older sister, Kiara. She's incredible. I was with her last night and, and she just helped me get through my day, you know? She's so incredible. So shout out to my sister Kiara. But yeah, then it then it's me, the oldest boy. So really I, I gotta be the big brother for everyone sometimes. And and when I was taken away from them and I was put in training school for a year for selling drugs, I was suicidal there because I'm like, wow, I'm took away from my 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 brothers and sisters. I know them my whole life. I don't I don't understand this. So then, mm-hmm. even in so even in training school, more fights, <laughs> more fights, more 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 um violence. And then after the violence, when I didn't want to be violent anymore, I shut down. And when I shut down, that's when I'm like, damn, like I don't even want to be here. Like I don't even want to do this shit no more. Like I don't even want to. You know what I'm saying? So that's that's the first time ever in my life where I was suicidal. But I said, you know what? I love my brothers and sisters, and uh, one day I'll make it back to them. And that's me as a 14-year-old or 13-year-old child. Yeah, yeah, I had to be 14 because I went in March for that year of 2013, and I'm one year ahead of it all the time. So I was 14 or 15. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, so knowing that I still had my brothers and sisters' support made me stay stronger. That was the first time I ever had suicidal thoughts. And then, uh, back in 2013, my kid's mother, the girl that was lying to me since I was in training school, 
the girl that had a baby by my cousin, she literally had a baby by my cousin and tricked me into believing it was mine until we did a DNA test when she was four. But I still am in that little girl's life to this day, and she's 15, and I'm really the only father she knows. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. there was a there was a point in time where she was trying to leave me because of my violence, and her lies mixing is is domestic violence. Like, hey, you're lying, and I'm violent. You know what I'm saying? Like, just be honest with me so that I can understand you better, so that you could understand me better. Because if you're honest with me, I'm going to be brutally honest with you. Hey, listen, you did these things and they hurt me. And now I don't trust you. So now because I don't trust you, I'll resort to violence first and fast. So that's where my life took me. And then I love her at the same time. So I guess she got sick of my crap and was like, you know what? I'm leaving this guy. And I said, wow, she's going to really leave me after all of this? And I even accept the baby that wasn't mine? Took a lot of pills, woke up in the hospital. Okay, so that was that was your attempt at suicide, and you. Yeah, 2013. Okay, how old were you at that time? Oh, uh, I probably was 24. 24. Okay. Probably so. 24. Did you? I mean, you have. Yeah, and you've had quite a few things happen in your life that, as we know can cause suicide ideation, and that is circumstances that happen to you that cause you not to want to live, that cause you to have no hope. Did you have anyone that you could talk to and, like we say, be, is, was there anyone that was a safe person for you? Mm, I would I would say... I would say my brother Bubbles, my brother B, my brother Bubbles, he's he's always been a safe person for me. Like okay. I can tell him the good, the bad, the ugly, I can tell him everything. Yeah, and and when you told him, you didn't feel any judgments, did you? Nah, because he knows my real life. So it's like, you can't, I don't even, I don't have to fabricate, I don't have to lie, I don't have to... Right, right. And I don't you, have to do anything but just be myself. So on a good day, bad day, he just loves me for me. So like like uh, uh, a better example that the world could probably understand is like uh, some of your friends that you chill with, you want to dress nice around them and let them see you that kind of lifestyle. Like, hey, look, I got my nice watch, my nice shoes, my nice this, my nice hair. And for me, around bubbles, I can wake up in pajamas, mouth dirty, brush thinking they still love me the same. Yeah. So, and that's, so it's different, you know? Yeah, and that's, that's what we all want. We want people to accept us. Right I have more safe that. people now. I have more safe people now, but the one I always have was bubbles. Another safe person for me is Skylar Ray. Okay. And so so you have built, since your suicide attempt, I I want to know, have you built a network of safe people? Have you, because I know you want to be a safe person for others. So you have built your own network of safe people so that, when you need to reach out, there is someone there, and when others need to reach out, you want to be there. Am I am I correct in that? Yes, definitely. 
Okay. Yes. So have you had have you had people reach out to you that may be at risk of suicide or may be addicted and they want to help with that. They want they don't want to do that anymore. Or they may be an an abusive family situation or anything uh like that that you have lived in your life. Have you been able to help other people on their journey? I um I it's like it's actually weird that you ask me that because I feel like people really believe that my prayers work. So a lot of people hit me up and they always say, hey, hey, King Handsome, you think you could pray for me? I'm going through this. And I actually stop and I pray for them. And and, and the, the, the basis around the line of my prayers for them is usually, hey, God, and I'll put their name in there. And, and, and I'll say things like, hey, I hope you can look over this person, keep them safe, happy, healthy, and focused on their journey today. Like that's like a that's like one of my standard lines that I run to when I'm praying for a person, you know. And if they give me more details, I get into more details on saying my prayers, and then they usually hit me up in a day or so and say, "Hey, I'm feeling better," or, "Or hey, I'm going through some more things. You think you could pray again?" And so people really do hit me up and ask me to send them prayers, and I and I do every time. Well, that that is awesome, and. Uh, before we go any further, we're going to take another short break and That's have good. a word sponsors, and we will be right back to hear more of this awesome, awesome testimony. So here we are again. We're talking to King Handsome from Woe Life. Uh, he has an awesome story. It's a very hopeful, helpful story. He is being so real and so uh, vulnerable, and he wants to do that in the hopes that other people uh, can be that way also and know that they can reach out to him, and he will offer no judgments, no stigmas. He is there to help you through this life and through whatever it is you may be going through at the moment that you've reached out to him. Now, I know, King Handsome, that you you just told us your story uh, of your suicide attempt. Tell, tell me how, how you felt when you found out that you were still alive and you're in the hospital from an overdose. How, how did you That's feel? That's what I'm saying. To this day, I, I'll... I'll tell you, wow, wow, I woke up, how, what do you mean, like what, you really woke up, so, so for me, still just unbelievable, and that's why I tell people, hey, you don't have to die to get to heaven, man, (laughs) yes, it does, and so did you have any other attempts after that? Did you have any desire to live or not to live? Did you have hope after you woke up? What what happened then? When I woke up, it was around 2, 2.30 in the morning, maybe 3 in the morning. 
and the guy says that that my heart stopped while I was hooked up to the machine, and and then it started again. But I I don't I don't know I don't even remember. I just when I finally woke up and was conscious, I said I took the needle on my arm, and I walked out the hospital singing mute rapping. Like, yo, yo, I just was rapping the whole time, walking home. <laughs> walking home to a girl that left me. So I didn't even know where I was going. <laughs> I was just walking and rapping. And now I have songs like Balloons. And, it, and the lyrics are, the day that the world ends, I just want to smoke a blunt with my girlfriend, kick it with my girlfriend. They say that the world ends soon. I'm still up by noon. Then we party to the moon. So, and when I say party to the moon, I just feel like, you know, we're up looking down on everything just to find a balance. And that, but you I, know. From all music, it saved me. It's all the music. I woke up rapping in the hospital after I tried to end it all over a relationship. But you why, know, you know, she lied so many times. Why would I try to die for it? I was just, I was still a child in my head. Yeah, and. And that has been, I did a, a live recording this morning on our support page for JR's Hunt for Life. It's a global support page, and we have, I don't know, thousands of members all over the world. And it's been on my heart the last couple of weeks that we, we have to start realizing our worth. And we want to help other people realize their worth. We want to validate them. We want them to know that we see them. Even if, if, if you just offer a smile to someone, they know that you have seen them and you validate them with your smile or your hello or you're opening the door for them or any, any kind of things like that. And I know, I know in your heart, I've talked to you enough, I know in your heart that that is your desire. Your desire is to bring peace to people that may be troubled and to validate them and let them know they're not alone, that you have had this life that you've had. And I think you can see now that you have had that life and you have used it for the good for others. And isn't that what it's all about? I mean, isn't it, if we can't use our experiences, then what good are they? True, true. I never even thought about it like that because I really just be living. So I, I don't, I don't never thought like, hey, I went through this, so this and that. Like, like, example, I was still, I'm still fully one of the greatest guys that my real friends know and love. And some of my friends might not know that I went through suicidal things. So I was like, wow kind of nervous to put this on the air and let some real people I know know what I went through that. But at the same time, nah, I'll be the Indian to run over that wall and let them know it's safe to be over here. You know, I'll take the chance just to let them know you're not alone. Because what if they hiding that they tried this or went through this? I'm not hiding no more, ever. Right. You know what I'm saying? I'm not hiding no more. Exactly. And the more you hide things, the more uh, the more dangerous they get, the more that they eat away at your insides. And I'm speaking now of suicidal thoughts and ideations. And the more that people hide them and let them become toxic in their soul and their mind, the more dangerous they get and the more 
uh, real they get. And that's when they're more than likely uh, going to uh, try to end their lives. I don't know if you had uh, thought about it uh, beforehand or if it was just an impulsive act to me. I think you had been thinking about it since you were younger, though, based upon what you just told us. Is that right? I, it could have been subconsciously there, but I, I really don't even know how to answer that. <laughs> I've seen, yeah. I seen so much trauma. I don't know why I, I've been through what I've been through, but then can go to school and be valedictorian. You know what I'm saying? So I really just be trying to figure out life. I really don't know. Yeah, and that that is such a real answer. That is such an honest answer, and it it just tells me that you are working through your days and you are trying to help yourself as well as others. And just told us that you definitely uh, others. Yeah, um, and you told us that you say prayers for people when they call in. Oh, I, I say real, real, actual prayers with vibration through my body of sending out those prayers during a vibrational time so that they can reach a higher frequency when I say it for these people because I care that much. Yeah, and and you've given much thought to that, and that is where people can see that you 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 are real and you're validating them and you want to help them in any way that you can help them. And so I want to let everyone know that we're coming to a close here, but um, I want everybody to know that this, testimony of yours is deeply moving and your your life is is deeply moving also it's it it shows that there is hope out there and there there is uh there are people that are willing to uh conquer their situation and their circumstances and they're willing to use their uh, situations and their life experiences to help everyone. And so I want to encourage everyone that is listening to know that they can reach out to you and to me and to anyone on our uh, support page. And we're just looking forward to it. Now I'm going to let you have the last word. How, what would you like to say to your people that are listening to you that that are hearing things they've never heard before and perhaps are now thinking about either there's no hope in their life or maybe they're thinking about reaching out to you what what do you have to say i would say always remember on the other side of fear is happiness you can't be scared to jump is like you hold yourself back, you live with the regrets, you you'll be in a bad place in your in your mind and your mind sets your reality. So I would just tell anybody listening, remember on the other side of fear is happiness. And 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 I live with that. So when I'm scared of something, I usually just try to try to just run right at it because it's either gonna move or I'm gonna knock it down. But either way it is not bigger than me. Right. And you you have such a strong character and such a, a strong testimony that I just know 
is going to save lives. It's going to help people. It has been a great part of our Safe Talk conversation, and you have offered yourself as a safe person, and I can't tell you how much I appreciate that, you know, because uh, what I always say is uh, a choir is louder than one voice. So when we put our voices together, you and I and others, we can reach so many people and help so many people, and we can help break that stigma and offer no judgment and we can beat back this suicide um, the malicious thing that has come into our human race and together we can beat it back and we can we can save lives so I I so appreciate you. Um, and uh, before we go, I hope it's okay, King Handsome, that I ask people to pray for you. And yes, pray yes. Yeah, to pray for your peace. I happen to know that um, your younger sister is in the hospital. And yeah. uh, uh, my heart goes out to you for that. And so I'm asking for prayers. Uh, for your younger sister and you and your family. And we're all here to support you and help you through this also and let you know that you can reach out to any of us also. And we're here to support you um, through this hey. difficult time. Yeah, I've been very grateful that I had the opportunity of reaching out with you within the last couple of days also. So I'm grateful for that. And you actually really take the time to to, to listen, you know? Yeah, and I, um, that's what we're here for, right? We're here for each other. And like I said, okay. if we use what we've been through to help each other, what good is it? We, It's just no good what we've been through. So so we're going to end this program now. I appreciate it. Wow, I already? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad that you were here with us. We'll talk to you again Thank in the future you. to get a status on you and how things are going and your family and until that time um say goodbye to everyone and um we will I should give my shout out yes give your shout out all right i gotta give a shout out first to alicia Kuntz. she's one of my safe people i met her at an interview i did in uh, portland oregon right so anytime she knows I'm doing an interview, she says, hey, you're doing an interview over there? You're cheating on us. <laughs> <laughs> but she, she, she's a real great person, never anything sexual, just always a great friend to talk to and make she supports the brand. She She's always giving encouragement to keep going. So I wanted to shout her out as being a safe person. So shout out to Alicia Kuntz. I call her Kuntz Nuts. Shout out to Skylar Ray, who's a safe person. Shout out to Caleb Mokay, he's a safe person. Shout out to my brother Bubble, safe person. So I'm thankful for all these people that's in my main corner that take the time to actually reach out to me, check on me every day. And I'm doing what I got to do from the way that they show me love. And I reach out to people that I want to wake up and let them know someone cares about them because of the people I have reaching out to me to make sure my brain is right, you know? So shout out to all of those people. Shout out to the Bando for being my first interview that I did since I got back focused into the music because I had a panic attack and I took a month off and then I came back and I always 
see the people that supported me when I wasn't posting music, when I wasn't on Facebook, people that still hit my inbox. I'm grateful for those people. So thank yeah. you guys. That's yeah. low life. That's getting over everything in life, having those kind of people in your corner. That's exactly right. And we want to include Skylar Ray. He's the one who you. And uh, that's because he cares for you. He cares about you. And he he has this great story, too. We've talked to him in the past. And so uh, the more that we can network and be together and be safe people, the more that we have to offer anyone out there, we, we are here. We are safe people. We encourage you to to be safe people also with your people, anybody that's listening. Uh, everybody have a great, great rest of your whatever it is, day, week, evening, whatever it is, and however you're listening. We appreciate you. Please be safe. Hugs to everybody. Hugs to you, King Handsome, and we will talk again soon. All right. Hey, um, before we go, I want to give a thank you to you, Jenny. Jenny Hunt, for uh, just taking the time to let my life matter. Well, I appreciate that. Your life does matter, and your life will continue to matter, and you are very valuable to all of us, and your story is of value to all of us that are listening and can learn from it and can support you as well as you support us. And I just – I so appreciate people that are real. I so appreciate, well, I appreciate everyone, but I love it when people can tell their story and tell it with uh, no regrets, just tell it and offer themselves up to others. That's what it's all about. So we love you all. We love you, King Handsome. And as I said, we will be talking to you again. So everyone... Hugs to everyone. You're valuable. You're worth it. Be safe. No judgments, no stigmas. You've been listening to JR's Hunt for Life Suicide Prevention Podcast Safe Talk with Jenny Hunter and Billy Floyd, where there are no judgments and talk saves lives. Jenny Hunter is the founder of JR's Hunt for Life, a suicide prevention nonprofit movement offering hope and support globally. I'm Billy Floyd. I'm a podcast host, a media broadcaster, and most importantly, a positive influencer. Sounds of Soul Music is courtesy of Fearless Motivation. Find out more about JR's Hunt for Life at jrshuntforlife.org.